1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Michael Collins is with us. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Now, you're an expert on sugar addiction. What does that cover exactly?
2: Well, it's a good question. Sugar addiction is, uh, you know, not technically in all of the uh, DSM fi- fi- or six they call it, and it's a yeah. diagnostic statistics manual. Or the World Health Organization doesn't think of it as an addiction like they would alcohol or drugs. Mm. But there's a lot of science out now. The science is growing, and there's a lot of organizations. One I was the chairman of that are trying to get it named into these diagnostic manuals, but I like to say, you know, sugar addiction, you have a sugar addiction. If you think you have a sugar addiction, if you, if you're having trouble stopping and you can't, can, you know, you just can't use the product without getting more cravings and that you've sworn off it hundreds of times probably, and you still can't get more than a day or two put together of abstinence from sugar, then you might be a sugar addict. Yep.
0: Yeah. Would you say that most people are probably a sugar addict because it's in everything. And I guess the whole point of companies putting sugar in their products is so we buy more of it.
2: Well, you're 100 percent right there. And I would think that, yes. Um, I think that biochemically, Toby, I think that uh, only about a third of people literally can't put this stuff down and they eat it to their detriment. They get a couple hundred pounds overweight. They get diabetes. They get heart disease. Yeah. But then there's about another third of people who what we call harmful users for exactly the reason you state there is that it's in everything. It's in our culture, birth to death, every celebration. It's everywhere. And folks just uh, they never can escape it. Right. It's like they cannot drink or they cannot do drugs. But very rarely in today's society can you not eat sugar if you're just living your life. So, yeah, very difficult to do that.
0: Yeah. Do you think the sugar addiction should be given the same treatment as things like drugs and alcohol? I absolutely do. And and
2: I wouldn't have thought that when I first started this work. But, you know, a decade of doing it and, you know, over a thousand people detoxed, uh, you know, patterns start to develop. And. And the the most disheartening patterns are the ones where people truly are two and three hundred pounds overweight. The doctor says, you know, they're going, they're losing limbs, they're going blind. Uh, They cannot, uh, uh, they can't stop, even though the doc says they're going to die, and they still can't stop. So, yeah, I I believe, you know. One of my mentors says you should be 18 years old and have an ID to buy sugar. (laughs) And I think that's coming, maybe not in the next 10 years, but
0: in the next 100 for sure. That's an interesting point because in the UK, I think a few years ago, they kind of started to mean you had to be 16 to buy like really sugary drinks, I think, like energy drinks and stuff like that. Mm. Energy, right, yeah. Most sugar products like chocolate and stuff, you're still fine to buy right exactly exactly yeah no there is a lot of
2: legislation in different places especially for those uh, energy drink which is a combination of another thing we kind of rail against is the caffeine yeah uh, when you combine those two especially in a young person who's you know not experienced or if you will uh, eating or drinking so much then it, it, there's been deaths to be honest with you with energy drinks now sugar no one can quite prove it and it doesn't usually happen uh in the short term, sugar's like long-term suicide. Yeah. Short, slow-motion, long-term suicide, <laughs> Yeah, sadly. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Do you think the onus should be on the individual to try and help their addiction, or should maybe the government put taxes on sugar to make companies not put as much in their products?
2: Wow, what a great question. One we wrestle with all the time.
0: Yeah, And a few of my mentors are...
2: You know, one of them got it. He was a doctor to begin with, and he got a law degree in his 50s just to affect policy here in the U.S. And, uh, you know, because he believes that those laws and stuff will help. And I do think they will help. But personally, I believe that the only way that it's going to change is a grassroots movement where people basically start to understand the information that, you know, we're going to talk about today and they start to do it themselves. And then they start to spread it to their friends and family and that the programs like the mine start to pop up everywhere. And we teach coaches, you know, how to become sugar coaches. So yeah, I, I think it's more of a grassroots personally, but I think both of them are valuable. Both, both things are necessary.
0: Yeah. And I suppose sugar's not like any of the other addictions where I'm assuming you can't go and check into rehab for it.
2: Well, it, it can now. Oh. Rebel, Rebel Wilson, the famous Australian actress, did to a clinic in Sweden. I mean, uh, Switzerland. And so it does happen. And eating disorder clinics now, accept people with binge eating disorder, sadly, a lot of them don't treat it well because, and they do reduce the sugar, but... Um, but getting off it, the answer to the question is prob for ninety nine point nine if you're not a famous movie star yeah. you know or or wealthy because a lot of them don't accept insurance for this, you know. And so you know you you end up having to go through a program like mine where you're you know you have a, a group of people that you detox with and you learn how to stay off it because that's where it's hard. A lot of people can get off it for a week or a day or ten days or a month or whatever, but staying off it's the one that the part that becomes a problem
0: yeah now you're the founder of sugaraddiction.com and quit sugar summit as well yeah so what do those services do
2: yeah no thanks uh, the, the uh quit sugar summit is something we've done every year for six years and what it is i've interviewed over 200 of the leading scientists educators doctors mds phds researchers uh coaches authors anyone who has written or talked about and has researched and, and is an expert in reducing sugar we have on the summit and uh, it's a great event you can just go there and leave your name you uh, it's just passed i don't know when this will air but today is actually the last day of an encore that we're doing oh. um but you can go there and check it out. Maybe you'd be interested in the packages or whatever. But you can get all the. There's 57 speakers each time we did it. Wow! And uh, so it's pretty cool. And SugarAddiction.com is something I started about 10 years ago, and I gave good information and tried to help the folks like, get off their get off the sugar. But it wasn't until about three years ago when I uh, started providing coaching. Both one-on-one and then in groups and stuff, and we grew a really big forum to about seven thousand people. We have Zoom meetings like this, yeah. uh, you know, three or four times a week, so people have this support system. So it's been working. It's uh, it's growing pretty rapidly. There's quite a few people that have had you know a couple of years success and all the way down to a couple of days success. So wow. yeah,
0: the type of people that are addicted to sugar are they more likely to be addicted to arguably more harmful stuff like drugs and alcohol Mm. or is it just the fact that they're addicted to sugar and that's it no no you're
2: right i mean it's a there's a lot of science now starting to prove this and uh that you know sugar indeed is the gateway drug this Mm. is where people Learn, there's a great YouTube video you guys would like. Eric Clapton, the famous uh, guitar player, mm. he, he owns a treatment center in Antigua, built it himself with his own money to help people, 7 million bucks. Wow. And he uh, he talks about, you know, the, the interviewer says, so Eric, this uh, this addiction thing, this started with heroin, right? And Eric says, no, Ed, it started with sugar. Oh. He said at five or six years old, he was drinking are eating bread and butter and sugar sandwiches uh, to change his state. Now, remember that as we go on talking.
1: A lot can happen in three years, like a chat bot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: you know, he was changing how he felt. And so he knew that a substance could help him feel better. Yeah. And so then it, you know, as he got older and he ran into beer and pot and everything, he started to use those to feel better. So there's a lot of science on this, Toby, a lot of science where people are using sugar. And if you ever talk to anyone who's lost two and 300 pounds, you can tell that they had to go through this process to reorder their emotional life. They could no longer use sugar to feel better. So yeah, I think it's a integral part of people getting, and there's a lot of research now on the opioid crisis of people having pretty severe sugar addictions that that get attracted to opioids.
0: Yeah. And it kind of makes sense because comfort eating and a lot of other addictions aren't really helped if you've got depression or are going through some struggles. So they're kind of linked in that way. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, the SSRIs, the
2: serotonin, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors like... uh, the, the antidepressant medications that people are given, they're always trying to dial them in, yeah. you know, meaning they're, you know, you take a half of this, you take two of these, you, da, 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 da. you know, trying to make you feel a little bit better by changing your prescription around. They're like playing yeah. with the dose, right? Well, in the last five years, the the information about sugar has exploded as a as an effect that affects the nu- nucleus accumbens, the dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, GABA, all of these brain reward chemicals, exactly like heroin, exactly like alcohol, exactly like cocaine. They actually slide people into MRI so they can see uh, their brain light up when they sip the sugary drink. Right. Ooh. And then they give them beer or alcohol and the same exact receptors are lighting up. Wow! And so this is the real study of, of, uh, you know what is changing how people view sugar um so yeah it's it, it's very real very real,
0: yeah indeed, are all sugars harmful and addictive because even something like lactose is actually a sugar, and mm. some people are intolerant to it, but that aside is the ordinary person is it harmful to drink milk
2: no they the the well. We have we call them borderline foods uh, nuts and and uh, fruit and dairy like you're talking about yeah. and grains our job really is to get them off of the white process stuff yeah. and some folks cannot use dairy or heavy amounts of fruit definitely no fruit juice or, or dried fruit yeah so stuff that you wouldn't normally think uh, is good for you know that you would think was good for you uh it drives people back to crave the whites, the powdered stuff. And so you have to be careful with it. Now, yeah. some folks can use it. Some use it like their methadone or their Suboxone, they kind of use it to bridge off of the sugar. And then they quit that, cut that back or whatever. And some people are able to you know, continue to eat dairy, continue to eat fruit, continue to eat grains. Vegetarians do, we don't have a lot of vegetarians, but the ones that we do have are successful in yeah. not eating flour and sugar. So, but they, you know, they have to be careful of the other stuff.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't know how it is in the US, I'm assuming it's exactly the same. But for diet versions of fizzy drinks, Mm. they replace sugar with stuff that's actually more harmful (laughs) when you look at it. So... I mean, what should we do about that? Is that a terrible idea?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, but basically a chemical experiment that no long-term study has ever figured out yet. Yeah. But here's the, here's the part when you're trying to get off sugar in general. And, you know, we're drinking a lot of sugar in, in both the UK and the United States. They're mm. averaging 20 teaspoons a day. And then wow. if you got, you know, Coke's got 12. So, you know, you have two or three or four Cokes, you're way over. You know, <laughs> you're like 40 teaspoons a day or whatever. But... You know that said you're looking at the uh what do you call it the fake sugars or whatever you know even the stevias and and the monk fruits and all that crap yeah you're looking at a scenario where if you if you know what Pavlov's dogs are where they they you're trained and uh you know your body has this neural pathway that's literally grooved uh from your time you were a baby that when you taste sweets you know you want more yeah and when you taste the sweetness of these fake things it usually for all the people that we work with draws them back to the i call it high test the real sugar mm. and so both are bad
0: you know, yeah, both are exactly bad. can you quite sugar overnight i'm assuming not but
2: no it, it, it <laughs> is a process it really does take time and it's very real the withdrawals are very real when you get to yeah. be an adult Basically, you're just fighting off withdrawals. You're not even really drinking it for a buzz or anything, or to, you know, it's, you're drinking it to feel better, but you're drinking it so you don't have withdrawals. Yeah. And so when you quit about day two or three or four or both or all, you, you have a headache uh, and, and you're kind of tired and you're a little bit blue, you're a little bit depressed, you know, mm-hmm. and you're hungry, you're ravenously hungry because your body wants to eat all this junk, but you know, and even when you do eat real healthy food, you're still hungry, you're hungry right afterwards. And yeah. so it takes time physically to get to the other side of that. And when you do, then the mental game kicks in, you've heard all the science about when someone uh, loses a lot of weight in the early days, and then they gain it all back in the yeah. first year. Well, that's because they didn't really handle their sugar addiction. They white knuckled it, you know, they they, they, they got Uh, a few days or a month or weeks, and they lost some pounds. But they when some stressful situation comes back up, then they end up using it again. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, something you got to be careful of. And it's reason we work with groups of people because You do need that support because a lot of times in your family, somebody's not like you could be the only one in the family that's not eating sugar and you're living in a Uh house with sugar all over, you know?
0: So is that kind of like a sugar relapse? If you (laughs) have a stressful situation and then go back to eating it?
2: Well, yeah, it absolutely is. But I have a mentor who's been on our summits many times. I think every single one. And she says that uh, you can't really relapse with sugar until you got six months without it because Uh Uh, it's just part of the process really. And, but, you know, I personally like the drug analogy, like Mm -hmm. a relapse or whatever, but some folks want to do like harmful use reduction, but they call it um, harm reduction. Right. And and they just want to cut it way down by 90% or whatever. And that's harder to do it at the beginning that moderating kind of have 10% that you used to have. It's easier to go 30 or 60, 90 days with zero and then just see how you feel. You
0: know, that's a that's yeah. an easier path for most people. That's easier because if you have 10%, you just want yeah. to eat more, whereas you, if you have yeah, none, You just want more. It sets yeah. up the cravings, yep. Absolutely. Well, just remind us of the websites that we can check out, Sugar Addiction and Quit Sugar Summit.
2: Yeah, it's quitsugarsummit.com. Uh, just leave your email and uh, we'll notify you when the next one comes out. And then uh, quit sugar summit. I mean, excuse me, sugaraddiction.com. We I've got a gift there. It's a, it's a book. Uh, It's my ebook. It's sold on Amazon was a bestseller for a while, but we decided to just give it away now um, because, you know, we're helping a lot of people and you can see a big yellow copy. It says the last resort sugar detox, just click on that. And uh, you'll be able to download the book for free at sugaraddiction.com.
0: Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us today.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.